So if you go over to nationwidegroup.org right now, there's a yellow bar up at the top and that is their back to business hub. And if you click on it, it is filled with resources. So everything from human capital and health policy and business services, logistics, resources, training, marketing, merchandising, these big colorful squares that you can click on and you can get information about reopening and bringing employees back and health policies and all these different things you're having to navigate on the retail front. And uh, we truly appreciate what Nationwide is doing, not just for members, but for anybody in the retail community that wants to get connected to those resources. So head over to nationwidegroup.org and it's packed. And on top of that, if you can't find an answer to a question that you have right down at the bottom, there's a contact form. You just fill it in, send it off, and they will get back to you. You know, I like it, Kinsley, the way they do this because they make it so easy. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check out their um, website, but super easy to find the information to help you. So check it out. These guys are getting high marks. Their members are very happy with what they're doing. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait. Isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. Well, we did something we'd never done before, but it was it was cool to kind of bring a great episode back to the surface. We replayed the Jesse Cole podcast. Yellow Tux Yourself, the guy in the yellow tuxedo. But we are back this week with uh, Dos Marcos, Full Boat. Yeah, well, that's a good one to replay, isn't it? It definitely was. It definitely was. We were thinking, hey, no matter what, you're always going to need to differentiate your business. And Jesse has great tips on how to make yourself stand out. And we know that we are big believers in that. And this week, you know, we're here in the middle of uh, what continues to be just a, a moving target for everyone in terms of reopening retail, in terms of the nation facing uh, trials and tribulations that um, seem to have bubbled up in the past, but at different times. And now they're happening all at once. You know, on our campfire calls with Michael Grossman, he said, you know, we're experiencing the, the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, um, the riots of 68 and the stock market crash of, a crash of 1980 all at once. And, and it's been tough. And then in the middle of all of this, um, these very difficult times, you know, you've had a very difficult time yourself losing mom and, uh, everybody's been sending did. It was good so vibes weird. your way and, and thoughts and prayers on those calls and sending me notes and Roger Magowitz called me asking about you and others have as well. Sure. And it just shows the impact that you make on people and that your mom has made on other people's lives. Yeah, thanks, man. I uh, It's been weird. So I've never lost anyone close to me. I know that you have. You've had more experience uh, with that than I have. And uh, yeah, it was tough, man. The, the first couple of days was tough. Um, she had been sick, but she um, was rebounding great. She just went in for, a, um, she was anemic. Uh, so there was some bleeding going on somewhere. So she went in for a blood transfusion, supposed to get out the next day. And then complications ended up coding and heart uh, problems and heart attacks and uh, ended up uh, dying when they were trying to clear a blockage. But, um, you know, 
um, after all the sadness and the tears and um, the, the overwhelming sense of loss, I'm very lucky. Like I kind of felt like through it all, I kept going back to how grateful I was because of having her in my life uh, and being able to know that um, because of the things that she did for me that um, I'm able to do them for my kids. And so it's really cool. Like it's not just that she had an impact on me, but it's also because of that she's had an impact on my kids directly because my kids know her, but also because of the way that I parent uh, was certainly inspired by her. So I thought about that. So just a sense of gratitude, right? Um, and then um, just this whole thing about, um, you know, the, the impact that they had on other people as I go to the funeral, Kinsley, I'm in Kingwood, Texas, where I grew up. And um, in, the, in, in the middle of this coronavirus, having seen 300 plus people at the service blew me away. Um, because people are reluctant to go out, most certainly in bigger cities like Houston. So that was one thing. And then the second part um, was, you know, we kept trying to pay for stuff. So uh, if you haven't dealt with grief before, my um, recommendation to everyone very strongly is don't deal with that stuff when you have to at the last minute. If you can plan, do it. Because there's such a fog. I was so shocked that my dad wrote three checks, every one of them different people at like the actual funeral home um, but you're in such a fog you can't think straight so the advice is get your affairs in order right but the other part of it was um, the impact they've had on so many people showing up there's evidence of that right but also um, they wanted to feed some people um, at the reception after the funeral uh, my dad has so many friends that no one wanted him to pay for that they have these guys that do these um, called the Holy Smokers Grant Chapman and his crew in Houston amazing people and because my dad's done a lot of work raising money for Knights of Columbus with those guys they insisted to come and cook for everyone at the funeral uh, they wouldn't let my dad pay for that then this lady did these little favors uh, at the funeral with the Cardinal which was had an impact with my mom and they wouldn't let us pay for anything and all the food that was coming by and the people that were stopping in and the flowers and the phone calls and the text messages from everyone in this audience too it is overwhelming um, when you look at everything that way and you just go, if you really think about your business even or what you're doing in your own personal life, what is the impact you have? And when you are gone and you are at your own funeral looking down on that whole thing, uh, what, what is the evidence of the impact going to be? And I think for my mom, it was the people that were there and all this stuff I just mentioned, but it was, it blew me away, um, the reaction from people and, and everyone who's listening to this that sent me a note or an email or reached out to you, Mark. Um, so grateful to all of you. It really made a big difference and um, it was uh, so comforting and gave me a lot of peace just knowing that you have a, a, people, a, a group of people to rally around you and say, hey man, we got you. Uh, don't sweat anything, we'll handle things while you're gone. Anyway, I don't know. I, in a weird way, this is going to sound insensitive, but in a weird way, my mom dying was actually a really positive experience from that perspective. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, and I think that's a testament to the example that she set for you and the way that she raised you, which was being a positive person and finding the silver lining in every situation and, and looking at what I can learn from this and how I can grow from this and how I can deepen my connection to other people through whatever the challenge. I think it maps back to her. 
I think it does. And um, just to bring it to the business application here, you and I talk a lot, Kinsley, about I'm sorry, I'm trying to fight off um, some emotion there, but um, you think about the campfire conversations that we've been hosting um, and you think about, you know, just connection to people and how important that is because uh, we're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm. We keep hearing that, right? And so I really feel strongly that when you're on a call like that campfire conversation and you realize that there are other people dealing with and battling the same stuff, there's comfort in that. Uh, when people reach out to you and you are reaching out to me and just saying, hey, man, I got you. And um, all, all the love that comes in um, during tough times, the tornado that we both experienced, right? Um, any kind of ripple in your own life. Uh, it's those connections that make all the difference in the world. That's really what matters most. And it's a great time to reflect, uh, like I said, and be grateful, but also to really pause on what matters. You know, what, what matters? What is important? And, um, and, and I think that's it. It is so important. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, do you remember that video he did on what's the ROI of your mom? Yeah, I remember that. He was on right. stage and he was talking to, kind of debating um, the ROI of social media. And he turned to this lady and he said, what's the ROI of your mom? Right. And, and, and it almost sounds offensive, right? So what's your, what's your ROI of your mother? You know, he's East Coast guy and aggressive. And, um, and the other takeaway for me was when I look at the ROI of my mother, one of the things that he said was, I can't really say to you that like when I was riding my bicycle and skinned my knee and she picked me up and hugged me and loved me and told me it was going to be okay. I can't really map that moment and say, because of that, I sold the company and made money or because of that, I was successful in this certain deal. He said, but what I can tell you is all of those experiences put together have made such an impact on my life that because of that, it has helped me become who I am. So all of that obviously is very, very true for me. Um, and it is the other side comment there is when you really think about, in my opinion, what matters in a company, like you and I talk about it a lot, at the end of the day, the, the intangible stuff, the stuff that's almost impossible to measure, um, those are the things that really drive value maybe more than anything else. Like I get that price needs to be right and service needs to be good and deliveries and all those things. But I mean, you and I say a lot that it's price of entry. Like those are the things you have to get right. But it's the intangibles. It is the connection to people. It's the way you make people feel ultimately that is going to drive real value to your life uh, and most certainly to your business. What do you think about that one? Well, like you said, I mean, it really is the ROI of your mother because when you add up all those things, which in the business world tend to be a little bit squishy and hard to measure, you can see them demonstrated whenever people were surrounding your family during their time of need. And then it all adds up right in front of you. I mean, it's like a mountain of, <laughs> it's a mountain of return on investment all in front of you because you can see the, the compounding effect of that over her lifetime. You can see the compounding effect of caring for people and compassion 
And I think, you know, this is the word that has just been reverberating in my brain for the past couple weeks um, as we've entered a phase of, of great pain for the country. And, and that pain is, is being demonstrated across the nation. There's a deep pain there. And I, I get very frustrated when people discount others and aren't compassionate. And I think that's the sign I'd be waving right now all across the world is compassion because you don't know other people's experience. When you go out on the street here in, you know, in a week, who's going to know, you know, if they haven't been in touch with you that you lost your mother. But if we're compassionate towards people at all touch points and know that it must be hard, you know, it's, it's Victor Frankl saying in man's search for meaning, he's, he talked about, you know, your suffering is your own. And just because someone else's suffering might be greater, it doesn't diminish the fact that you're in pain. And lots of people are in pain, whether you know it or not. So if we operate from a place of compassion, it's a really good default setting to deepen those connections and have that compounding effect. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, and it is a deepening of a connection, right? Because even Bridget was like, she knows you and I are close friends outside of the work stuff that we do together, but she made a comment, I think it was yesterday, and she said, I think Kinsley, she pointed you out specifically, she said, I think Kinsley was really hurting for you. And he said, yep. I definitely felt that. Um, and... I knew that intuitively. I mean, you, you and I are tight, but it's those moments that affirmation, um, you among others, just placing those calls and um, sending a text. But it's really cool because you you understand maybe more than ever that you really aren't navigating all of this by yourself. You shouldn't be. And when people can share those, that sadness or support you uh, in a way that kind of lifts you up, it, it, like if you aren't connected to people, like that isn't going to happen for you. You're not going to have those moments and the clarity on the people that really matter. Uh, and it's like, that's the blessing of it all for me, right? It's, it sucked that my mom died, but it was so cool to see so many people do so many great things and say so many great things and rally around. And I think it's, um, and, and I think that's what, you know, I've said it five times probably already, but that's what matters. I think it's, it's the key to the business side too. Um, when a company is struggling in a market and if you've connected to the people in your community, they're going to rally around and support you there even. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't stop. Uh, on the interpersonal side, it's true for everything that we do in our life. So, you know, it reminds me of what Trent from Trent Betting was doing during the complete shutdown. He was highlighting other businesses in his community and he was trying to get people to go give their Facebook page a like and build up their audiences. And I talked to Trent since then and he said, I've had so many people come in. And just mention those Facebook posts and things like that. That's pretty cool. 
I mean, and, you know, but, it, but th- that's also because that's who he is. That's a very authentic thing for him. Um, so yeah, I love that he did that. That's really cool. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, the other thing I, I, I said it here is whatever storm you're in, um, whether it's the virus or whatever, like really pushing yourself hard to be grateful for whatever you can and to find that, um, or in the rear of your mirror to look back and go, okay, wow. Um, remember what those people said or what they did. I think it's really important to capture all that stuff and just kind of find the positive in everything. The the, the negative in someone's death is, I mean, (laughs) that's obvious, but, um, you know, looking for, sometimes it's hard, but looking for those positive things uh, are super important to do. And uh, in, in every Valley, I think that that learning is there. And so, um, you know, um, fine to move past the grief and stuff, but um, when you're doing that, a, a great tool is to look back and go, okay, what what was good from that, and what did I learn? And oh my gosh, I could go on and on about the positives and the stuff I learned. So, anyway, um, yeah, kind of crazy times for sure. Yeah, and and I think you know one thing that we've talked about a little bit is is something that I don't want people to gloss over because while the stages of grief and the emotions that go along with that um, can be all consuming and and they can be something that people want to get past. Like I said, from a compassion standpoint, everybody's different in how they deal with things. And I, one thing I've learned from going through this more times than, than I want, or I would want anybody to experience. I've realized that emotions are going to come in waves and you'll be walking down the grocery store aisle five months from now. And suddenly you're just overcome with emotion. And I think, especially as men, our initial reaction to that is dry up those tears and start getting those canned goods and and, and move on. But those emotions are there for a reason and they come in waves and they're going to come when they're unexpected. And we try to, I think, intellectualize these things too much. We try to put logic around it. Well, what triggered that? And what's going on with me? That's not what the, that's not what emotions are. You can't necessarily control your thoughts and your emotions, but you can control your reaction to them. But we also need to experience them fully because it just doesn't happen all at once. And I'm the type of person that, you know, when I lose someone, I don't deal with that all at one time. And I've had it happen where way down the road, I'm like, why is this happening right now? Uh, but it's because you're, I don't know a reason, but one thing I've thought about a lot is it's, it's because your relationship with that person didn't happen all at once. Your relationship with that person happened over many, many years and there's nuance and memories and things that bubble up and get triggered and, and that's okay. You don't really want that person's memory to fully fade. And if you cared about them, you're going to have those emotions come back. So being with them and recognizing them and experiencing that is, is very healing. And, and, um, it's just part of the process. Um, you don't want to skip over because it kind of signals the depth of what you felt for that person. I think. Well, I, I heard that actually. And it's so true. Like the, it, like to the degree that you're grieving and you feel bad like that, is what represents the depth of your connection to that person. And so I felt like sucker punched and sick to my stomach for 
days. So I know my mom had that kind of impact on me. So uh, anyway, I think that's absolutely true. Um, and, and, and therefore, I've been doing a lot of work with the Sandy Hook group, um, Safe and Sound Schools. And so I compare like what I had to experience with my mom dying to what those people experienced with losing a kid. And I can't even imagine that level of grief because it would be different. Um, and so anyway, um, I thought about that too. But yeah, so I'm, I'm lucky that it hurt so bad because... <laughs> of the um, impact of that, of that person in my life. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave you with something kind of funny um, because we're sitting there as we're making the plans uh, and I'm like, okay, so people at funeral homes, they have to sell too, right? That's tricky. <laughs> That's tricky selling because here you have people like totally grieving and you're trying to like set plans for the celebration of that person's life. And the guy's like, so we have this thing where if your mom's going to be cremated, you can take this plant and put it you know, next in the room where they cremate her and then the chemical reaction of that thing. And then the, the plant breathes that in. And now the, the person can be in, embodied in the plant because it's like taking in the oxygen in the room. And I'm thinking to myself, no, absolutely not. Because now I'm going to have this plant with my mom in it, right? <laughs> and, and then when I'm not watering this plant, the guilt I'm going to go through from killing the plant that had my mom in it. Like that's what's going through my mind. So I'm like, no, let's not do the plant thing. But here I, I've got a plant with my mom in it, Kinsley. So now I hope, hope to God I don't kill the plant. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? That is really, that's really, I would, I, my head went to the exact same spot. I'm like, I have a very difficult time keeping the house plants alive. We struggle with tom the tomatoes and the basil and the mint and all of it. Right. Uh, right. You know, I, so I loved your mom. I mean, she had such an effervescence about her. Uh, and, and I'm very thankful that I got to see her in February when we went to speak at Nationwide in Houston. Of course, they live in Houston, and that's where primetime was. And otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten to see her and see, see the whole family. It was cool because, uh, you know, I felt like honored at that moment because I got to point out the whole Quinn family. You had your dad, Nick, and Dee, and Jeff, and Carrie, and everybody came out to see the speech. And, and I remember afterward, I was talking to your dad and your mom, and she, said, she came up to me, and she said, I gave her a hug, and she said, how do you and Mark finish each other's sentences like that? <laughs> I said, you know, 150 podcast episodes, we kind of found a flow. She goes, I just have never seen anything like that. <laughs> she was so cute. She, she many times uh, just couldn't believe some of the stuff we did. She, as a matter of fact, my dad tells me later, she would always say to my dad, can he do that? You know, he's doing a podcast or the Magowitz event. They came out to Boston to see that. Uh, can he, like, is he, is he capable of like doing that and standing up there and saying those things? My dad said, beats the hell out of me. Sure he is. Yes, of course he is. So anyway, she was really proud, uh, a really proud uh, parent. Well, I know she was, I know she was a proud parent and I know that she probably questioned a lot of the things you did. And I know she was proud for multiple reasons, but one of which is the newspaper article that she saved that you found. And this is probably where her, her questioning of, can he do that or should he do that came up? But I'm going to read this as a way to, to tie everything off here. And this is something that your mom saved. The headline is Quinn never silent for Mustangs. And it's a clipping mm -hmm. with you holding a microphone 
looking out on a baseball field and you look to be about 17 years old. And I got to give props to whoever T.W. Lawrence is, the sports reporter who wrote this, because it's cash money. Here, so well, here she we go. kept it in the family Bible. So you find out what's important to people, right? This was like an <laughs> article she kept in the family Bible. So, so here we go by T.W. Lawrence. Baseball is the only sport I know where seven minutes of action is squeezed into two and a half hours of hot dogs, Cokes, and splintered bleachers. Teams across the country have gone to great expense to keep their fans entertained during non-action periods of the game. San Diego has the chicken. Chicago has Harry Carey. And Kingwood has spared us no expense in giving us Mark Quinn. Yeah, Mark that was first free. <laughs> Mark first came to my attention when I heard him at a recent game announce that Kingwood pitcher Hutchinson had chalked up seven strikeouts in an inning. World record. By paying close attention, I observed that he also had problems with runs, balls, outs, and other minor details. This erstwhile voice of the Mustangs is a junior at Kingwood High School and is president of his class. He loves girls, pop music, and the Kingwood Mustangs. Quinn's office sits atop the press box behind home plate. Lauren Boyd, keeper of the scoreboard, shares the premises along with Mark Jarrett, a statistician. Quinn's tools of the trade include a tape recorder with pre-recorded baseball music, a microphone, a Dolly Parton cassette, and a genuine enthusiasm and spirit that he easily transmits to the crowd. He also announces basketball, and if the, quote, powers to be had any brains, they would let him try his hand come pigskin time. Howard Cosell, eat your heart out. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I was soft on the details. Let me tell you what, that, that whole thing got so so bad. I would announce those games if their player, for instance, had a home run. I'd be like, well, the Blue Jays uh, hit one over the fence, scores one to nothing, right? So very subtle um, explanation of that event. And then if one of the Kingman Mustangs players got a single, it'd be like the heavens opened up and got himself came down on that field and swung the bat. Oh, my God, Tom Simpson, what a shot. The left field, unbelievable. Hits the wall. He's on for a single, you know, like a, a big deal. And the parents from the other teams would get so mad that they would come to the bottom of the tower and scream at me. And then players from the other team would wait for me at the end of the game, and the coach would have to assign our own players to escort me from the player's announcer's box to my car because people were getting so pissed off as that. Well, I have to ask what is on everyone's mind. Now, now, what you just described, I can fully imagine that happening. I think what's on most people's minds at this point, though, is tell us about the Dolly Parton cassette. Yeah, I, 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 have, no, I have no recollection of that. I would, I would say it was probably more likely it was Kenny Rogers than Dolly Parton, but Hey, Dolly's got skills and um, you know, it's probably all they would let us play. Who knows? <laughs> well, our, our genuine and sincere thanks to, to mom for saving that article and letting us know a little bit more about the one and only voice of the yeah, Mustangs. Right, right. right. Um, well, Hey man, thanks again uh, for all your support and anyone listening to this that reached out. I'm very grateful to you. You have no idea. Um, we love to do the show and we love the connection it, it gives us with you and, uh, nothing, um, 
illustrates that more than at a time, like what I just went through. So anyway, if anyone out there is kind of experiencing something else like that, uh, our hearts go out to you. Um, and um, anyway, just keep working on the people in your life, uh, invest in them, pour yourselves into them. Same thing for the business. It is a connection that matters the most and um, uh, be that light for someone if they need it like you guys were for me because it made a huge impact on my life and uh, got me through a rough time. So Kinsley, thanks to you, brother. Love you. Love you, brother. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. Bounce with it. Bounce with it. Bounce with it. Bounce with it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater. Bounce by the ounce. Now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night. Put the two together, get a whole lot more. Get the feel of the comfort core. You can bounce on it. Lay back, you don't have to practice. It's the best thing to happen to your mattress. Get together to do it like I did. Everybody get Somebody to get in your vicinity You probably wanna feel a little bit of a hybridity Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar Mad back support, the best way to shack up Or just get rest that won't mess your back up Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist Or a mullet party in the back of the business Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus The ultimate hybrid, nothing short of genius Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Kitchen is charming when your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment. What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl wanna chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam, cause if that bowling ball don't bounce, you'll be sleeping alone. And if the bed don't react, then you can't get low. We got the type of bounce that won't spill your Merlot. So stick with us and you'll get rewarded. Cause I'm so gentle and I'm so supportive. Hybrid is where the magic is. And we just killed a song about mattresses. Yeah.